It's time to accelerate. Hi, this is Andy. Welcome to another edition of Frontline Friday with my regular and very special guest, Bridget Gleason. Now, before we get to the show, Bridget and I have a favor to ask of you. Really appreciate it. If you took time right now to leave a review for this show on iTunes, and while you're there, click the button, subscribe to Accelerate, make sure you get Frontline Friday automatically each week. Also, we need to hear from you. More specifically, we need your sales questions. I mean, what can we answer for you? What challenges do you have that we can help you with? So go to accelerate.fm forward slash frontline and enter your question there. Each month, we're going to select one listener's question to be the question of the month. And the winner will receive a $50 Amazon gift card. So remember, go to accelerate.fm forward slash frontline to give us your question and maybe win 50 bucks. So Bridget, how are you today? I have to say I'm fantastic. You are? I didn't, I didn't get a chance to ask. Fantastic. Branding. My fantastic. I'm, I know. I, 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 I didn't want to. I didn't even, I was so excited to say it. I couldn't even let you finish. <laughs> so happy new year to my happy fantastic co-host. So holidays Dude. were good for you? Holidays. Awesome. Um, yeah. No complaints. Spent some time in California and uh, all good. What about you? Yeah, everything's good. Everything's good. So, any any uh, New Year's resolutions, Andy? New Year's resolutions. Are you are you a New Year's, are you a New Year's resolutions guy? Uh, not really. I mean, I I've always got things sort of in the works, right? That I'm sort of trying to do better, right? Um. You know, I just every year you know, I want to get more fit. I want to, uh, you know, break my personal record in this. I want to learn this. I want to write that. I mean, it's you know, it's it's always for me. It's always sort of continuous process. How about you? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really have any New Year's resolutions. Like I, I, I don't think about them that way. Although I do, maybe similar to you, look at the new year as is there a, a theme or anything in particular that I want to make sure that I accomplish this year? So maybe not a resolution, but maybe a, a theme or a focus sure. for the year that's important. Yeah. I mean, in my business, we, we've got some new things we're going to be doing that, that uh, you know, I don't say product launches, but quasi-product launches, uh, new services. So yeah, this year is going to be really exciting in terms of what we're trying to accomplish and in the business and what we're trying to accomplish with the, the podcast. There'll be some additional changes we're going to make in the podcast that we think will be very exciting. And and so, yeah, I mean, I think you always have to have things out there that you're shooting for that I think beyond just, um, you know, hey, let's hit the number, right? Is, for me at least, is yeah, are the things I want to accomplish, are they getting me to not this year's goal, but the larger goal, right, is, is setting up my my business, my career, my income stream, you know, all those things, my life, my, you know, my, my travel schedule, you know, they all sort of able to be integrated to achieve what I want to achieve. Yeah, and I, I definitely have those also. I'll tell you what has been more of the work that I've been focused on is there's all of the external things, the related to job and career and, and that sort of thing. 
But a lot of it for me um, last year, and I think this year I haven't settled on a theme yet, but I think it'll be similar, is sort of internal work. Mm-hmm. And I, particularly in sales, it's such an internal game being able to stay motivated and care about the number and be driven to achieve a number, but also know that you aren't the number. And the more that I'm able to internalize that and really live that, the better that I can help my team, uh, people on my team do that. And I think if for people to have a meaningful, really meaningful, not just lucrative, but to have a meaningful career in sales, one that is fulfilling, you've got to be able to handle handle that other side of it, which can be very stressful. A lot of people, myself included, um, can get caught up in really going through a dip if a deal doesn't happen or you don't have a good month or, and just having that resiliency to just kind of plow through those. So I, I do a lot of kind of on the, um, the inner game, the inner game of sales. Yeah. Well, I think that's really important. I mean, I think it's, and I was hopefully as people understood, I was alluding to that as well as, is, you know, you and I in the general scale of things are, as we said before, yeah, we're not millennials. Um, but nonetheless, even though we've been in careers for a long time, is I never really feel like I've reached the end point, right? In terms of being the best version of myself. Um, and I, I was sort of thinking about that earlier today. It's like, yeah, I sort of compare it to like my father who retired relatively early and, and, you know, it was just sort of done and I'm, you know, not too different in age than he was when he retired. And I've got all these things I need to accomplish. I want to accomplish, right? I mean, they've almost becoming a need. The fact I, I want to accomplish them so much, um, you know, things I want to create and, and things I want to improve in myself that, uh, yeah, it, it keeps you, it keeps you motivated. Yeah. And I think I, it definitely, I think it keeps you, uh, motivated. It keeps you engaged. It keeps you, uh, connected. And I think there's, there's just something about kind of that drive and the curiosity and wanting to accomplish that keeps us connected to others. Cause typically we can't, you can't do them in a, in a vacuum. So I think that's another another aspect of it that's important is this community and uh, staying connected. Well, I think the connection in sales also extends to the to the to our buyers to our customers, right? I mean, that's that's part of what we learn or how we learn or how we get feedback is about whether whether what we're learning is effective, right? I mean, we've got things that we all have a mental checklist, or we should if we don't. Of hey, you know, I in this situation I could do this better what am i not doing what would be some of the keys that i could serve you know clues i could key key on when i'm in those situations to make different choices it never stops i mean if if you find that you're not having those types of self conversations about self improvement and not saying you're kicking yourself not that's not it it's it's looking forward how well, hey i did well how can i do even better um then you're probably just a little too self-satisfied and and you're in danger of being left behind. Yeah, and I don't think everybody um I don't think everybody feels that way. Andy, I, I don't think and I guess, yeah, maybe maybe you and I are are 
uh, wired that way. And I would say in sales, I think it's an important uh, quality to, to have that ambition and that drive and the curiosity. You and I had a, a recent podcast talked about the importance of curiosity and empathy. Right. And, right. Um, so I think in sales, it's an important quality. I, I, I don't know that if in all in all uh, professions it's important or even maybe in life people choose to live lives differently. And sometimes I do envy the people that aren't so driven. Like why was I born like a little pit bull? Like that I've just got to go after the prize. Like sometimes I wish I were, I don't know, like a lazy lab or something. I can just relax <laughs> and, you know, play with the ball if it comes in front of me and otherwise not worry about it. Yeah, you could probably get, uh, a pre- probably get a prescription for that. Well, that's probably true. And I don't even want to do that. Like I'm happy with my, um, but but I think we had this conversation, um, in one of our sales meetings this week and I had, we were talking about reps at certain points in time and not everybody does it, that kind of call it in Mm -hmm. and they got to a place that kind of call it in. And God, I just, I, 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 I'm not a caller in or I don't call it in. Like I, I just, so similar to you, I'm continually challenging myself and it's not, I'm competitive, but I'm primarily competitive with myself for sure. All right. So let me ask you a question. And this is a topic that I've been talking to various people about and thinking about and reading about is your point about people sort of calling it in is do we put too much emphasis on excellence in sales meaning yeah we do all these we have all these sales tools and and data we can track now about you know down to the conversational level the word choice level of of words people are using and we're trying to model behaviors of top performers so that everybody else can sort of do the same thing but, but in the process, my, my concern is, and this is a question I was asking is, you know, there's a, a whole cadre of people who are good at what they do and their performance is predictable. And yet by constantly telling them they have to model the behaviors of other people that are supposedly top performers, are we running the risk of, of sort of demotivating these people? Well... Because I, th- I think sales organizations really subsist on the people who are good. And, I, and the trouble with the word good these days is it's, it's people sort of, when they hear good, they think mediocre. And no, good, yeah. good means competent. Good means predictable. Good means, and we have lot, all sales teams have good performers that you know, have that consistency and that predictability and they know their craft. Maybe they're not the superstars, never going to be the superstars, but we spend all this time and effort trying to make them be the superstars rather than encouraging them to be who they are. Well, I, I heard, maybe it was on a CEO panel, that you want to have a, pro, a product and a sales process and uh, a sales organization that does well with good salespeople. Mm-hmm. And they talked about B salespeople, let's say good salespeople, above average salespeople. You don't want to have, you don't want to have to have all A's. 
in order for to sell your product or service. It's great if you do, but the reality is they're A's because they're exceptional in some way. So meaning that's not, that's not the norm. And I agree with you. I don't think we should, when somebody is good, that we should assume that that's mediocre. And somebody that that's consistent and does the job, maybe they're not setting the records every year, but they're just good, consistent uh, workers. I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, well, I I do too, I, and I I think that's really where the heart of many sales organizations, and quite frankly, I think they get overlooked. Because managers tend to be so focused on either the stars or the people not performing at all, of which, you know, just from a mathematical distribution, you're always always going to have a a distribution, right? Of you know, people serving those three tiers. But I, I I even I even you know don't like the use of the term B players. You know, if somebody is good at what they do, I think calling them B players is kind of a pejorative, and I think that them hearing themselves reformed, referred to as B players is really counterproductive. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. What, how would you, what would you call them that's not pejorative? Like, how would you... <laughs> I, would, I would call them good. These people are good at what they do. Okay, that's good. That's good. I like that. I mean, I, I think it's time for good to come back in a way, at least in sales, that what it really means is it is good. And we're not saying that with air quotes. <laughs> you know, we're saying it's good. These competent... Because the thing with the the superstars, oftentimes in sales, is performance is a little unpredictable. You know, when it's good, it's great. And they like to they like to swing for the fence. Right. When it's good, it's great. When it's not, it's horrible. And you know, I've managed teams over decades where people I really valued were the people that were good and predictable because I knew that's how we were going to make our number. That's how we were going to get to where we wanted to go on the backs of those people. And if we were lucky. The superstar was going to land an account that, you know, that might take us some places we hadn't anticipated, which would be fine. But, yeah, I tended not to forecast based on them. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think that's a really good point. Instead of referring them as to B players, because you're right, that's a bit pejorative. It is pejorative. That's ah, a B player. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? really, it's so hard being a B in some ways. Wow. That's great. Be a B. Yeah. So, but I think talking to, about them as a good, as good as being. Well, I think, uh, it's, it's, I think we waste time trying to encourage, you know, the people who are good at what they do, what some would call the B players, to be A players because that's that's just not who they are. Right. And so, you know, we've gotten so focused on that rather than saying, "Wow, I can. What can I do to optimize this person's performance within the capabilities they have?" Yeah, and I think also recognizing just inherent strengths and weaknesses of the individual and really working to make that person the best he or she can be and wants to be. Because a lot of it is, it takes a lot of work to get better. It takes a lot, it, it takes a lot of work, and some people, they may not <clears throat> have that prioritized. There may be other things in their lives that they're going to prioritize to be great or, or, or it's possible they just don't have the capabilities and that's fine. Or too. They don't have the, or they don't have the capabilities and that's absolutely fine too. There's a lot of things that I wish I were good at. 
Right. So we talk about this year. So one of the things for me this year, one of the soapboxes I'm going to be on Uh-oh. is is, okay. is, is trying. Well, I was trying to work with executives and managers to say, look, yeah, you know, we need to reorient your perspective in terms of you know the various tiers within your sales organization, because as a leader, what you should value most of all is predictable productivity. And that's my opinion. And as long as it's not predictably low. Yeah, I understand. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, so so some of it's predictable. Yeah, no, I'm not. It's predictable, but you don't want, uh, it's got to be a little bit more than predictable. Right, I'm talking about the good players, right? Yeah. The good sellers. And I personally, I believe that is the largest fraction of sellers in a sales organization. And yeah, the ones that are predictably low, you know what you need to do with them. I mean, not everybody is meant to be a salesperson, and that's fine. Maybe they're not, or they're in the wrong environment, or whatever. You help them find the solution to that problem. But for your good players, treat them as good. Don't treat them as secondary, right? As 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 bad or as mediocre. They're good. Right. And so it's time. I said for me, I one of my show them some just, respect. Show respect and. Yeah, understand. Come back to a good under an understanding of what good is, and uh, I think if, if more managers, frontline managers in particular, but also VPs and boards can can work on that, uh, it will help them. It'll help them make better decisions about how to allocate resources to to train and to to invest in people. I think boards do understand that. Like I, I think. Just my experience with boards is boards are boards are generally when they look at the main, if you've got your if you've got a a, a decent amount of your sales team or a decent percentage that are good and that are predictable and can kind of give you this run rate business that, you know, is going to happen. I think most boards would I think most boards would be happy with that. I think. I think the issues come probably more internally at the frontline at the frontline level, maybe even at the VP level. Wanting to, you see, you see a couple people that are you know hitting it out of the park, and you think everybody should be hitting it out of the park. I yeah. think that's the problem. You, okay, if they if they can all achieve this, and everybody should be able to achieve this, well, everybody's not. But it's understanding if you've got a good. Uh, sort of set of people that are good and they're also making good money. Like they feel motivated by their performance. They're not being penalized because they are a B player or just, you know, I think that's the other thing is making sure that they don't feel demoralized because they're not, you know, hitting it out of the ballpark. Yeah. Uh, month after month, quarter after quarter. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree with you about the boards. I, and I didn't mean to, you know, tar them with the brush unnecessarily. I and mean, I think that what happens is that, I think there's sometimes disconnect between boards and the executive level in terms of what the board is thinking and feeling and what they yeah. observe and what what the executive level thinks they're hearing from them, and and that causes some of the problems. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's mostly internal internal issues. So as we're sitting here at the beginning of the year and people listening to this, is really want you to think about this. Yes, yeah, is really are you really given? Your your good players, the ones that are really the heart and soul of their organization, are you are you really, you know, giving them a fair shake? I mean, you think about lead distribution, you know, because a lot of times the lead distribution is uneven because you know the people think only the A players get the quote unquote A players should get the good leads and so on, and right. yeah, 
unintentionally or intentionally setting up a, a system that does a disservice to your own ability to hit your numbers this year. I think it's a good thing to remember. I'm, you know, when I think about just even compensation plans, because I think that's one area that I have some control over that I'm probably not doing a good a service to the steady, good sales reps that, um, you know, that's just something for me to think about as well. How do I make sure that they are rewarded for that consistency? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's maybe a slightly different compensation structure that rewards consistency. Exactly. And that's okay. It's really important to have somebody who, you know, just they're, they're going to deliver at a certain level and you know it, you can count on it. Boy, I'll take that all day long. Yeah, me too. All right, Bridget, we have a short one today. But yes, kick- that's right. At, at the uh, first of the year, giving everybody a few minutes back of their time. That's right. So they go out and sell some more. That's right. All right. So as always, friends, we really appreciate you spending this time with us. Uh, hopefully everybody had a happy and safe holiday season and they're back at work ready to uh, crush it this year. And we'll do our best to see what we can do to help you with that. That's right. Great to talk to you as always. All right. Everybody, we'll talk to you next week. 